0: It's time for Hobby Addicts, and now here are your Anime Addicts.
1: Welcome into the podcast, podcast episode. 260 of hobby addicts and i am joined by a single addict his name is mason
0: hello hello i'm here once again to terrorize your eardrums with whatever it is that i do on this podcast
1: fantastic we love a little terrorizing and to that end, we're going to talk about Enter the Gungeon, which I'm sure will be a, a, a harrowing tale of constant dying. Mason's going to talk about Persona Five Strikers, which I don't even know what that is. Uh, is it like a baseball game? There was there was Mario Strikers.
0: I listen when this came out as with the Strikers title, I was so excited for a Persona soccer game. I oh, soccer. love Mario Strikers so much, and uh, it is not that big. Sad. Oh. Big,
1: uh, big, big, crying big old ghibli tears.
0: Indeed, indeed. I cry every time. That's sad.
1: And I'm going to talk about Bloodstained Ritual of the Night.
0: So, ooh. Ooh, ooh, yeah. yeah. Mm.
1: Have you played Bloodstained, Mason?
0: I did. I played it a couple, many months ago. I don't even know what year it is right now. I played it sometime <laughs> last year and I talked about it and happy to hear you give it a shot.
1: It's, at, it's, it's 2021, Mason, and we're actually like halfway through the year practically, so which is frightening. So um, I would have
0: to look up my like history from the library as to when I played Bloodstained, but it feels like maybe last October. Hmm. Let's go with that.
1: Well, anyway, so talk, speaking of Bloodstained, might as well just start there. Um, the game is, uh, you know, it, it was recommended to me quite some time ago by a friend of mine who's a big-time gamer. Um, this game came out... You know, roughly two years ago and you can find it on pretty much everything at this point point. and um, I, I would say that uh, this game is certainly quite good um, I would say it's it's essentially a Castlevania Symphony of the Night clone if you're a, if you're a fan of Castlevania if you liked Symphony of the night you're gonna f- love this game because I think it takes a lot of what Symphony of the Night did and actually kind of int- attempts to improve on it a little bit. And n- not to say that it's better. I'm not really sure if I, if I go that far, but it's um, you know certainly certainly uh, a serviceable clone of of the original. And uh, you know it adds it adds things here and there to kind of to kind of make it its own game. I would say. And um, you know you start off as this like badass. I don't even know what the hell to call her. She's like a a, sh- a, sh- a shard binder. They call her, and her name is uh, Miriam. And she is, you know, takes place during like the England's Industrial Revolution, so it's like about you know 150 years ago, maybe. And I'm honestly not really paying that much that much attention to the story, to be perfectly honest with you. There's like this guy named, uh, oh, what's the, Gebel? Their names are really dumb in this Gebel, and he has like this book called the Liber Legaiath that is this ancient book that can summon demons, I guess and there's and everybody's trying to get this book back basically like there are people that want the book because they want to use it for bad things and then there, and then your character uh, miriam she wants to use she wants to like destroy the book i guess because she's not bad but everybody's just trying to like come hunt to hunt down this guy named gebel and get his get the book back because he's causing problems with it i guess and that's about as far as i've gotten with the story i really don't give much of a i don't book.
0: remember the story at all from that game like that's not why you play the game <laughs>
1: No, definitely not. It's, um like I said, it's very much a, it's a, a, a Castlevania Symphony of the Night clone. I mean, the map, boy, it's it's almost criminal how, how similar it is. I mean, the map is these blue blocks that you, like like if you look up a map of Castlevania Symphony of the Night and you look up a map of this game, it looks like the same map. I mean, it's um not that the map is the same shape necessarily, but... That, like, the map is made up of your little little squares that are filled in with, like, light blue when you've when you've been there. And then the save points are highlighted in red. So the little red, the r- rooms that are red are, like, the save points. Then there's the green rooms, and those are the teleport. Like, you can teleport from place to place. It's all the same from game to game. You know, the gameplay is fairly similar in that uh, you, you go from room to room and you fight enemies. And when you leave the room and come back, the enemies respawn. And you know you can kind of grind a little bit in that way, and then you'll randomly like like stumble into a boss, which I haven't found them to be very hard, very hard at this point. Um, where this game, I think, really improves on uh, S- Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and you know I think obviously the the graphics are far superior. You know Castlevania that game came out like over 20 years ago or whatever, so it's it's pretty old. This game is—I wouldn't call it like a graphical masterpiece or something like that, because it isn't. But you know, the game is—it certainly looks better than Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I would say. I mean, although I think Castlevania did an awful lot with the graphics for you know it being a, a game that's you know older than some of our listeners, I'm guessing. And uh, but I think where this game really is uh, improves upon Castlevania is that it has these shards. So when you kill an enemy, you can actually like absorb. You have a random chance of absorbing their abilities into your own character. So she kind of like grabs this crystal and she'll like jam it into her stomach like Utena style. And, uh, you know, although it doesn't kill her. And she will uh, <clears throat> absorb the power of the enemy. And you can you can collect multiples of the same shard, which will enhance the power of the shard. And then if you collect, you know, more than so many, it stops enhancing the power. And then you can just kind of go sell the shards to like the shopkeepers. But, um, the game also has, uh, like quests you can do, which is so far, I just kill like five of this monster, kill five of this monster. It has crafting. So you can like make food, you can make weapons, you can, you can enhance your shards. You can do this and that. Uh, so it has, it has a little bit more of a, like, I guess, ability to customize your play style. Whereas Castlevania just kind of gave a bunch, gave you a bunch of weapons and, You know, I kind of feel like just said like go hog wild sort of. So did you enjoy this game when you played it, Mason?
0: I did. Overall, it was definitely took a little bit of like feeling out exactly how the movement works. It's a little like fast and loose with, you know, kind of drifting off ledges or like really finding where and when exactly your character like their sprite ends and maybe their hitbox begins or they could go off a ledge. But overall, once you kind of got the feel of the game, I thought it was a very solid like entry into a, I don't want to say a tired and overdone genre, but it was a nice return to form. It did scratch the itch that I go to these games for, and it was pretty fun.
1: Yeah, all these games are pretty much the same. I mean, like Blasphemous... The Castlevania games, this demon, um, um, demon, what is it, Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom? You know, I haven't played that much of Hollow Knight, but you know, it, it's the same
0: concept. And, um, you just zigzag around the map, you get stuck somewhere, you go back the other way, you get a power that lets you get past the obstacle that was blocking your way, and then you get past that and you come into a new obstacle, and it's just going back and forth and back and forth yeah. until eventually you, uh, you win. And it's not a, like, hyper-difficult game, from what I remember. It's pretty easy. But it was was enjoyable.
1: It's fairly easy. I mean, I've fought, uh, like, four bosses so far. The first boss killed me a few times, but it was like I didn't even know how to play the game, really. Um, The next boss, the second boss, Zangetsu, the samurai guy, he was probably the hardest boss so far. I killed him, like, on my third try. The third boss, I beat it the first try. The fourth boss, I beat it the first try. And I think the Fifth boss, I beat it, which is like the two dogs at like the tower that like attack you from both sides. I killed them on the, oh, se- yeah, on the yeah. second I killed them on the second try, I think. But um Yeah, I mean it's it definitely scratches the itch, you know, I think. Um but I will tell you that the thing that annoys me about these games is like uh running into all these roadblocks and then not knowing where to go next. You know, it's kind of Resident Evil ish in that way where Resident but Resident Evil doesn't I guess Resident Evil is kind of like in this genre too, in a way, because it definitely has like maps with with like blocks on it as well, sort of. Um, and you're like, you're like, oh, this door needs the club key, and you're like, well, fuck, I don't have the club key, and <laughs> then and then you, you had to come back later. But Resident Evil is always to me, it was always easier to navigate than than these games are, and I know they're not really the exact same genre, but they're the same in that you have to keep backtracking to like access
0: areas you couldn't access before. I hate. From what I remember, like Resident Evil, it wasn't so much like backtracking because like you needed to unlock a new skill, but more of like you have such a limited inventory and you just didn't happen to have the item you needed in your inventory to like unlock. So like you already had the club key, you just didn't have it with you. So you got to go back to the chest where you stored it, pick it up, switch out items, go back to the door, use the club key. Get to the next thing, and you're like, "Oh no, that thing is the thing I replaced the club key with in my inventory." So you got to go back and swap. Like that's how I felt Resident Evil was.
1: Well, you're not wrong, but sometimes you don't have the club key at all. You know.
0: True, true. And damn uh, that club key.
1: You, usually, I think I think that game would get me twice. I'd be like, I'd be like, "Oh, I don't have the club key," and then I'd get the club key, and I'd just stick it in the item box. And then when I actually needed it. I'd go, to, I'd go to the door, and then I wouldn't have it, and then I'd have to go get it. So to me, I think I, exactly. I, I always like fucked up a couple of times, in, uh, in, in uh, Resident Evil. But I, I hate the, I, I hate the not knowing where to go. I hate the, I, I what I didn't like about Symphony of the Night was, the having to, continuously just like one stumble around blindly trying to find where to go and ultimately you end up like fighting the same enemies and going through the same rooms like a billion times because you just, you know, have no fucking clue what you're doing. So I don't know. I'm actually like tempted to just use a walkthrough for this game and just, just so I can like get the, 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 at least the areas in the right order. Like, you know, go to this area, fight this boss, get the double jump. Uh, you know then go to this area like maybe not use the guide to get through the areas but to at least get you to the right spot to get the skill to you know to to do things in the correct order because otherwise you just stumble around and waste 15 hours just running around like a like a dumbass which is like how exactly how symphony of the night was i spent probably a dozen hours just straight up fucking lost (laughs) and it's so yeah i always struggle with
0: that because i try not to use guides or walkthroughs but at some point in time like my time is more valuable than my, like, stubborn pride. And I feel like, is it cheating? Is it, you know, getting around the game? I don't feel like it because it's just, you know, an obtuse thing that, oh, you had to use a certain power in a certain spot to, like, reveal a hidden thing. And it's like, maybe I would have gotten that eventually, but uh, I don't feel like I missed out on any gameplay mechanic.
1: Well, I mean, plus, like these games, it's not very hard. So it's like, oh, I looked up the right order. I mean, it's like I'm gonna beat the game anyway, no matter what I do. It's it's we're not playing Neo here. It's not Dark Souls. It's not we're not playing Shin Megami Tensei three. It's just you know.
0: I'm just. Well, per- it's funny that you bring that game up because like to me, the challenge of like Castlevania or like Dark Souls is the learning the skills to get through a room or clear a room or uh, defeat an enemy so like that's what I'm there for the game to do so I I play that with no assistance because that's what I'm there to play the game for whereas like the Persona series or Shin Megami Tensei, where it's just like it's mainly choices I like people use walkthroughs for that to get the best ending and I'm like well that's there's not really skill besides that so you're just like autopiloting the game. And that's where I'm like, ah, I, I couldn't personally do that myself. If that makes sense.
1: It does. You know, I think all these games pose like their own unique difficulties. Um, dark souls is more like you have to actually be good at gaming <laughs> sometimes to like clear these bosses. Cause there's not really like you can grind your ass off, but it ultimately it won't help you that much because you know, it, I feel like in dark souls, I could grind like five levels and I barely noticed the difference. Um, and then there's Shimegami Tensei 3 where you hit like the matador and he's so fucking hard that the only way to beat him is to grind like 15 levels and then you'll clear him. The like, yeah. you know. And then there's, you know, then there's games like this where I guess the difficulty is finding things and exploring. But I like I just don't have enough time in my life to waste like stumbling around in the dark. I'd I'd much rather have a guide tell me go here and then I play through the area and then I look it up and I go here and uh you know, so I'm probably gonna do that. The game's not hard anyway. So, but hey, this but this game is like pretty fucking solid. I mean, it's you know the all the abilities are pretty neat. You can shoot fireballs. You can shoot. You can like have tentacles come out of the ground and like attack enemies. You can summon dogs that are like running, running enemies and attack them. Uh, there's there's some pretty bizarre enemies. Like there's a weird cat. Like there's a cat enemy that looks totally out of place, and his name's like Nyabon.
0: <laughs> yeah. You have you got to the uh, the picture room yet where they have, like, all the backers of the game?
1: Oh, and they're all in the portraits? Yeah. Oh, is that who they are? The Kickstarter Yeah, people? so, like,
0: all, all, like, the, like, top, like, Kickstarter backers, and I think the cat, like, there's a big cat boss, which is, like, the cat of, like, one of the donors. Like, they put his cat in the game. Unbelievable. Yeah. I
1: actually don't care for that all that much. I think that's kind of, like... I feel like they're selling the, uh, I feel like they're taking the games. What is the word? Like it's
0: artistic integrity or vision away. It's like
1: like they're whoring themselves out and and making the game just like some plug for all their donors, which I think is kind of shitty, but, uh, you know, ultimately I guess it doesn't take away from the game all that much. Ultimately, I think the game's really good. You know, it doesn't have the sort of genesee qua that, uh, uh, Symphony of the Night has. It doesn't have that sort of atmospheric, you know, lore behind it and the epicness of, of Symphony of the Night, but it's it's the same fucking game, like for real. So, I mean, if people really like that game, you're going to love Bloodstained. You know, I'm enjoying it a lot. I still don't think, I swear to God, I still don't think hardly any of these games are as good as Monster Boy and The Curse Kingdom. Like, I really, I think, I really, again, feel like people that like these games should go play that. Um, but cuz that game just has better puzzles and more versatility. But but it's really good, you know. And uh if there I think there's a couple of these actually. I might go get the other one next. And it's an easy platinum. So it's supposed to take 30 hours. And um doesn't really strike me as being all that hard to do. So That's Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Came out 2 years ago. I think I bought it for maybe 20 bucks on PSN. So it's pretty cheap at this point and and uh know, gun knock it's it's only one player right now, so if you're trying to play two player, you won't be able to, but Enter the Gungeon.
0: Yeah. I, I, I did it. I finally I finally beat it. I did all the game modes, I did all the challenge runs, I did all all the stuff, unlocked almost all the guns, not all of them, but uh can confirm this is this is a Really, really good roguelike game. Highly recommended. I talked a little bit about it last episode, but did you uh did you give it a shot? Did you try it with your GF? Did you well, make her suffer?
1: Well, I downloaded it. Um I haven't played it yet. Like I just haven't had any time to do anything really. It's a miracle. I mean, I even played Bloodstained, but mm-hmm. it's on the list, you know, but it's not at the top of the list. Right right now we're playing Hollow Knight together, which is Hollow Knight's not really two player, but we're kinda just handing the drawer back and forth. Oh, nice. So,
0: but um, I'm sure... Yeah, I'm you, interested when you get further into Hollow Knight. I'm sure you'd rather have me
1: play Hollow Knight than uh, Gungeon. Yeah. Am
0: I right? Yeah. I mean, there's just more... I mean, Hollow Knight is like a top-tier game of the year. Like, one of the most memorable games of, like, all time, where it's Gungeon is really good and super funny and enjoyable and smart. And if you get a lot of the references that it has, it's even better but it doesn't have the same like uh this like wh- wh- what do the kids call it? Oh, this this game lives like rent free in my head, that Hollow Knight does. So What? It's 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 good. Wait, wait, what did you just say? Uh, it lives
1: rent free in your head?
0: Yeah. Like you always have like a space in your in your dome, in your memory bank where you're like, I'm okay. I'm always always thinking about that game.
1: That's a weird phrase considering I doubt kids even like understand the concept of rent. But. <laughs>
0: Uh, what are you talking about? Kids do nothing but rent. They're not buying houses these days. Oh, well. Yeah, no, this is this is my, like, seasonal episode of Hobby Addicts where I have a lot of stuff in the fire right now. I have a lot of hobbies going on, but, like, nothing is complete. So I was going to watch the new Tenant movie. Had you, Have you seen that? Oh, uh, no.
1: I, um, I wanted to see it in theaters, but it's just such a long fucking movie that, like... You know and I get up pretty I get up pretty early now in the morning so it's you know tenet no
0: too long gotcha gotcha well my, my plan is to watch it I've heard very mixed things about it so I'm interested to try that it just came out on HBO max um there's a new like shadow and bone series that just came out on Netflix that's like eight episodes long I've heard uh surprisingly good things about it it's live action but I've heard it's very anime inspired I guess so I was thinking about giving that a shot and get around to it. I've been reading a book called Never Let Me Go, which is really interesting and ethereal so far, but I'm not even close to the end. I'm like halfway through, so still get a little of that to digest. So, yeah, finished Enter the Gungeon. The, The charm of this game, besides just like a really intriguing bullet hell, dungeon crawler, you know, you die, you lose everything, but you get slowly better is... The guns themselves, the guns in a game that is all about guns is they they had so much fun making this game. You can tell because there's hundreds of guns and each one of them has like crazy abilities. And when you like find a new one, it's like a joy to discover everything about it. Like there's a Tetris gun what? that shoots Tetris pieces <laughs> like like the square block, the zigzaggy SZ, whatever you call it. The, uh, the L-shaped block, and they, like, stick into the enemies. Do and they, they they build up, but when you shoot, like, the long straight one, the one that, like, everyone uses to complete a row, yeah, it, like, explodes. Like, that's, like, it's a random thing, but it, when it does that is where it does all the damage, which I thought was hilarious.
1: So did you, did you like, have to, do you get anything for fitting all the pieces together, like, in...
0: No, no, it's just a a joke that, you know, the one piece you always wait on in Tetris is the bullet shape that does all the damage. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. There's, uh, like, literal glass cannons, which do, like, a massive amount of damage, but if you get hit once, it, like, breaks. (laughs) There's there's a a gun.
1: Which, by the way, doesn't make sense, because, like, if a cannon was made of glass and it was so fragile that one hit would break it, wouldn't it break itself when it fired?
0: Um, technically, I guess if you like structurally f- blew the grass, bl- grass blew blew, <laughs> blew the, the, grass. the glass. <laughs> Four twenty, my dude. Have you been cutting uh, grass lately, Mason? I've been touching some grass, my dude. Out oh, there wow. playing soccer. Oh shit. That's another. That's another thing the kids have these days. Anyway, touching some grass. Uh, okay. If you blew the glass correctly, it could be supported in the force that the gun would fire, but like maybe not. From the side. I don't know. Uh, there's a gun called the the R gun. Because a lowercase r kind of sort of looks like a bu- uh, a gun. And it shoots bullets that spell the word bullet. Like the first bullet that comes out is a B. The next one's a U. And it, it spells bullet. And it says bullet every time you shoot. But then you get like upgrades to your guns. That like make them let's say charm the enemies so they will start fighting for you. And when you get that, the gun no longer spells bullet. It'll say like cute or handsome or things to like, you know, be positive so that the enemy joins (laughs) your side or like you get a thing that turns enemies into chickens. And then instead of saying bullet, it says like abracadabra and like the, the magazine changes and everything. It's like so clever and funny there's, like, a light gun, which is, like, the old, like, Nintendo 64 when you're playing, like, Duck Hunt. Oh, my God. And it shoots, like, little streamlined bullets, but then the last bullet is a homing duck missile. It's it's amazing. This, this game is just so dumb and silly and cartoonish, but it, like, nails the vibe and the difficulty that it uh, has a lot for you to sink your teeth into. Did you ever play Duck Hunt? Uh, no, I have not. Never, I've never played Duck Hunt. It's it was just just before my time. Well,
1: Duck Hunt, like those guns never fucking worked, and so you know, <laughs> they were never they were never accurate. I mean, as you can imagine, and so people would just like walk up right to the screen and just point. Like you're like a one inch from the screen, and you shooting the ducks, but
0: It would just, miss it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that shit never worked. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't a gun that like never hit the
0: target because
1: this fuck that fucking game frustrating.
0: Yeah. Well maybe maybe that's how it works. It's uh it's a fun game, lots of funny stuff. I could go on for like twenty minutes about all the different guns and why they're funny, but I can move on and talk about Persona Five Strikers. Oh, the game that because the game that disappoints you so badly. It disappointed me only because I wanted a soccer game and because I just so I think a lot of people like Persona Five Strikers. This is a sequel to obviously the Persona Five. And Persona 5, the Royal Remake version, which is a wildly successful entry into the Persona series. Uh, you don't have to start at one. Each kind of game is standalone. And you, you know, you play as your uh, main character in like an RPG mechanic where you and your friends get in a van and invade people's minds like Inception. And it's, it's a good old time. It's a very stylish series. You've probably heard of it by now. And it's a very good game. Persona 5 Strikers is a straight up sequel, so you actually probably should and need to play Persona 5 to get into this one. But it is more like Dynasty Warriors where you, Mm. instead of doing like the RPG turn based mechanics, you get dropped into a a level with like a ton of enemies and you just just mow through them. You just bop them on the head. They go down in like one or two hits, but there's so many enemies that you're just flying through. So it's not soccer at all. It's not. It's not. What the fuck? Which is,
1: they fucking I know. misled you.
0: They misled me Why? by having a, a name that's kind of similar to another Mario <laughs> soccer game, despite having nothing in common and indicating that it wouldn't be that way. I still wanted it, damn it. But Persona 5 Strikers, I think, is a good game, especially if you like how Persona looks, especially if you like the... I don't want really to call it mindless combat of Dynasty Warriors, because... There is enough gameplay elements to, you know, make use of type advantages and different abilities. So it is a fun game. I just had a problem with there's just so many cutscenes and moments where you are not playing this game. And I don't know what it is. I can read books and be fine with it. I can read, you know, subtitles in anime where not much is happening and be okay with it. But when I'm holding a controller. I feel like I want to be doing something. Mm-hmm. And as fun as the like fighting is in this game, when you fight for two minutes and then have to watch like fifteen minutes of cutscenes and make like a few like just dumb like dialogue based decisions that mean nothing and then like have to do these weird like investigation scenes where you run around. Uh, Tokyo which is fun and enjoyable but you just talk to random people and really aren't impacting the game in any way like it is just not what I come to video games for so I I made it like two hours in and I think I think I'm not going to continue it as fun as it probably will be once it opens up like I just don't care about these anime ass characters with their anime ass dialogues with this anime ass plot where you're just not doing anything and it's yeah. just cutscene after cutscene after cutscene it's listen everyone comes to games for different things engages with the media in different ways and and this game as much as I like the look and sound of it I I, I don't think I'm going to continue it so womp womp
1: you know I'm just like uh, <clears throat> by the way I played a game like that recently it was like Atelier what the fuck? which 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 terrible Atelier game was it Atelier, Atelier Risa so like uh, my girlfriend was like shopping for games on her Switch, and she was like, Oh, this Atelier game looks fun, turn based. I'm like, You shouldn't get that. Those Atelier games are never good. She bought it. Anyway. <laughs> she bought it anyway. The game was so talky that it was like a, it became like a joke pretty quick because it was just like, by the way, the game was unplayable. It was so terrible, but everything about it was, was horrible. But it was like, um, you know, you talk, you talk, you talk. It's like five cutscenes in a row that are all asinine. Then you like run across the screen till to, to you know to you're not to not much effect of anything and then five more cutscenes. It's just like who gives a fuck? So I definitely sympathize, but my general thought is like I mean, this is what like this is what Atlas does. Like they're gonna they're gonna put persona five out and then rather than just may give you persona six. They're gonna make like forty three spin off games that that like most people won't give a fuck about and they won't be that good. And then by the time Persona Six comes out, I'm gonna be like forty four years old. That's exactly <laughs> the, no seriously, that's exactly what will happen because Persona th- Persona Four, which by the way I think was better than five. Uh, when, when did Persona Four come out? Ooh, I I couldn't a tell long you. Long ass time. time. I, had... I was in like fucking college. Persona Four came out in two thousand eight. Persona Five yeah. came out in. 2016, So eight years later. God damn, Persona Five came out
0: five years ago. Fuck. Was that the U.S. release or the Japanese release? I don't know. This is
1: initial release date. It's 16, 16, uh, 2016 the sixteenth, twenty sixteen. But well, I thought Persona Four was better than Five, to be honest. But you know, but like Persona Four came out, they were like fourteen spinoffs, and then you know. But I think most people would prefer that they just make the next goddamn Persona game. You know, that's how I, I mean, I am.
0: sure. But like, I also understand like Atlas spends all this time crafting these characters and this world that people love and fall fall into with the stylization of Tokyo and the menus and the combat. And they want to stay with these characters. And I think this game does a great job of it, because if you love the characters of Persona five, like you just you don't have to get reintroduced to all of them. You're just instantly with them. You're hanging out with your buds again. You get to see them just. Banter and be goofballs, and if you're into that, I think I think people will dig that side of it. So, I mean, I wouldn't say this was like a lazy, half-assed like ah, just throw Dynasty Warriors in it and we'll be good to go. Like it felt like they put a lot of effort in, and this is, you know, they have a, all this new story, all this new content, but it's it's just not for me. And I mean, I know we've played the uh, the Persona Five like dancing dancing games yeah, yeah. which mm-hmm. at least that makes use of the absolutely fire music from the series so yeah. that's a little bit of a uh forgivable sin but yeah i i persona 6 win
1: <laughs> actually uh the music is one of the reasons why i like persona 4 better i i think that uh lotus juice and you know shihoku hirata are sorely missed in the fifth game they don't it doesn't have like that hip-hop style to it it's i don't know it's Totally different, but um, I mean, Persona mm-hmm. 4 had Persona 4 Golden or Persona 4 Arena, Persona 4 Dancing All Night, Persona 4 Q or Persona Q, Persona Q2, um, Persona 4 Arena, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like eight milk games, dry. it's like fucking a hey, milk, which is milk it to death. You know, there are probably people that buy every single one, too, but, you know,
0: I don't know. Hey, more power to them.
1: I guess so. If that's all you want to do is play Persona games, rock on. I'd rather have the I'd rather have Persona Six. So, that's just me though. But I'm also old and crotchety, and my and I and I and it and smelled like mothballs. So.
0: <laughs> and we're like, oh, make a new game for once. And we're like, oh, I'm replaying Bloodstained, which is almost exactly like all the other games, but it's 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 just different enough that it feels fresh and new.
1: So I get. I think I'm just. I think I'm just salty because I know it's going to be like they're probably not going to come out with Persona Six isn't going to hit the states probably until like 2025. I guess I had to guess. So you know I'm just salty about that because I'm going to be so old by then. And I'll and I'll get it anyway. But also the Persona games don't sell as many copies as I thought they did. Kind of surprised. I mean, I just saw something that the fifth one only sold three million copies. I mean, is that is that right? Because that's not because that ain't shit. Could not
0: confirm or deny. That's because that's
1: that ain't shit. Uh, You uh
0: you get that new Pokemon Snap game?
1: Yeah, the game's worldwide sales were risen to three point two million by twenty by by December twenty nineteen, which you got to imagine is like probably it's pretty far after the game came out. I didn't get it. I didn't get that game. I um pancakes thinking about getting it, but but just to close my thought, I think that like. Uh, Like for example, the the Final Fantasy VII remake sold like three million copies in like one day. (laughs) So it's just I don't know. Persona I thought was like this became had become like this massive thing where everybody was buying it, but I guess it's not really the case because three million copies nowadays isn't really anything. So, um, no, Pokemon Snap. I I know she was looking at it, but it's also sixty bucks and.
0: I mean, yeah. it's Nintendo. <laughs> they, they they sell their cheapest, run of the mill, like I don't know, fodder at sixty.
1: <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I I doubt we'll get it. I doubt we'll get it because because it's uh, yeah. Plus, the user score on Metacritic is horrible. What the hell? It's getting oh really bombed. It's got a six, six out of ten. Oh, but, but people are dumb. Zero out of ten. It's such a boring game. Just taking photos. No battles. No online. No fun. <laughs> what the fuck do people expect? It's Pokemon Snap. Of course, it's taking photos. Nintendo has never managed to do online gameplay ever that worked. That you know wasn't you know borderline. I mean, like, I mean, even Mario Party doesn't have online play, and it's like the most obvious online play ever. The course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's. <laughs> so what? People are so ridiculous anyway but
0: did you get it do you have it no i do not i still i don't even have my switch with me i i uh gave it to a friend in connecticut right before i left and i was like oh you can keep you can just hang on to it and play i'll be back in a couple months after this uh (laughs) pandemic thing dies down and now like eight months later i still haven't gone back to connecticut yet so hopefully he's enjoying it maybe he bought it and he's playing it but i don't know Hmm. I, 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 but, uh, I, I, don't I probably wouldn't buy it even if I if I did have my Switch
1: yeah I, I honestly don't know it's like sometimes I get angry at Nintendo because they never lower the price of games like I wanted to get Mario I wanted to get Super Mario Galaxy and it's like fucking 14 years old or something the original right and that game came out when I was in college and the the game only comes bundled with like another game which is also old, and they still wanted sixty bucks for it. I'm like, these games are older than shit. They're like, the the game came out on like the, what the hell were people even playing back then? Like, what, Mario Super Mario Galaxy. Like, let me look this up. I was just so pissed, and I just think Nintendo is like so up its own ass sometimes. Yeah, game came out in 2007, 2007, which is which was on the Wii. Forgive me for for God's sake, people. Like. Any any game that came out in two thousand seven should not cost anywhere near sixty dollars. I don't care. I don't care what it is. So, I mean, you have to agree, right? I mean, don't you think it's kind of ridiculous?
0: Yeah, and that's a just an ongoing thing with Nintendo. I mean, I know, for example, I, I was looking at getting the new uh, near replicant, like the remake, yeah, that came out for PS four. But I, I'll probably wait for that to drop in price, because I was a big fan of, uh, I was one of those fake fans that jumped in with uh, Near Automata and loved it, and I was like, oh, I should probably go back and play the original stuff, but really couldn't get my hands on it. So now I feel like I owe it to the franchise to give it a shot, but I don't want to pay $60 quite yet. So hopefully it drops in price, and maybe I'll pick that game up.
1: Yeah. guy, I, I want to get that near game, too. Um- mm-hmm. But I had this feeling that when, like... I I just know that there's going to be a bundle of, like, the two of them for the PS4 eventually, and they're probably going to bundle them both for, like, 40 bucks or 35 bucks for the two of them. Because the, cause that's just how, like, it normally is when, if you're not Nintendo. So, you know, Square... I think it's Square Enix, right? Square will bundle yep. those games and sell them for a reasonable price. Because the original for the PS4 is, like, got to be at least three years old now. So, So, you're right to wait. I just get so mad at Nintendo because it's just like I know your games are really good. Like Mario games are almost always good, but nothing is nothing is that good that I'm gonna pay that kind of money a decade later. So, I mean, if 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 I can go buy Chrono Trigger on eBay for like a dollar, <laughs> I should <laughs> I, I should not be buying Super Mario Galaxy for sixty dollars. It just doesn't make any sense. So. What else, Mason? Do you have anything else? I really—I started watching a movie called Stowaway last night, which is like a space movie, but I didn't finish mm-hmm. it yet. I'm a sucker for like those space movies where like something goes wrong and on like in space and they're all going to die and they try to like figure out how to fix it, you know? Which is yeah. which is exactly what this movie is, but I didn't I didn't get to the
0: end of it. So. Yeah, I watched uh, Hacksaw Ridge last night. You ever watched that one? Hacksaw Ridge. Is it like a yeah, cowboy it's- movie? No, but it kind of sounds like one. Hacksaw Ridge came out a couple years ago. It's a Mel Gibson directed piece. Uh, nice. It stars Andrew Garfield, the the middle Spider Man, I guess if you want to call it like that. Uh, it's like a true story of like a conscientious conscientious. Wow, I can't even say it. Conscientious <laughs> objector of uh, World War II, who nevertheless joins the military to like fight for his country, but he. Because of his religion and faith Refuses to Like handle or operate uh, A gun Okay. So he essentially After you know lots of Trials and tribulations And hazing and bullying and all that Kind of stuff for essentially Being quote unquote a coward for not protecting His squadron He gets he Remains in as a like combat medic And he's just doing his best on the battlefield with no weapon and you know it's a true story so it's kind of impressive and it was it was a pretty well done movie if you are into one of those if you're into the war buff movies where you just like seeing pretty accurate portrayals of obviously a very harrowing time in history it was it was pretty well done so but why would
1: you join the army if you don't if you don't want to like be involved with weapons
0: It's, you know, that's a very interesting point. I I think it tackles it well, whereas, you know, you want to support your country. You want to defend the Constitution and the ideas that it represents. And you want to, you know, if all of your friends, all of your acquaintances are joining to support it, you don't want to be labeled a coward. But at the same time, no, you have certain values that you want to maintain and you still think you can help out. I I guess it's an interesting point that the sure. movie does try to touch on. I get it.
1: But overall it was a good movie.
0: Yeah, it was it was pretty solid. I wouldn't say it's a must-watch, but if you are into those kind of films, you a have probably already seen it and B, if you haven't, likely should. It's it's very not slow, but it definitely puts all of the you know, combat moments near the end and it is as brutal as you would expect so definitely not for you know if you're eating or a little weak of stomach but it's good it's Hmm.
1: good mel gibson huh i thought he was gone but i guess he's back No,
0: this this was kind of his like return to form after all of the i don't want to call them issues but falling out of favor and
1: yeah i don't even know what the hell he did but i know everybody was pissed at him but i guess he's back oh yeah yeah looks like he did nothing for five whole years uh-huh.
0: Yeah, he said and expressed some views that were not too, not, not too keenly taken. Not too, uh, so, yeah. Well, he was a good
1: actor. I, I don't, I've seen him in. A, I've seen him in some pretty great shit. So, you know, maybe he'll keep making good movies. I don't know. Hacksaw Ridge, huh? Definitely sounds like a. Uh, sounds sounds about a western. As, oh yeah, sounds about as much of a western as anything. So so that's all, all i right. got that's about it guys well we should wrap it up here mo-
0: Whoa, that was a drop of shit, <laughs> there? fuck it must be my birthday you know that's fitting it is caroline's birthday today fuck it
1: Holy moly. it must be my birthday
0: there we go that was all caroline's right. appearance on the podcast <laughs> thank you caroline we'll
1: hit, it, we'll hit it we'll hit it up again in a minute because that was that's pretty funny so all right, well, a pretty lengthy hobby addicts, guys. So, um, thanks for just hearing us talk about nonsense for 40 minutes. And uh, we will rosy on over to the main podcast now. So, have fun with your hobbies. Play some games. You know, to yourself. Don't play too many games. You know.
0: But. Drink your water. Stay hydrated. Yeah,
1: drink your water, people. Now, come on. So, I got my gallon of blood right next to me. We'll see you guys Let's next week. Do Bye.
0: It. See ya.